Hello, everybody. I'm Tom Dorsey. And I'm Sarah Maley. And it is September 12th, 2018, and we are about to get whacked by a hurricane. <laughs> I think uh, the, the forecast has luckily uh, lessened for us, but thinking of those in so North what, Carolina and what, South Carolina. What is ours now? I just think we're supposed to get uh, rain. I think it's been... I mean, we're still going to get significant rain, but not Two feet. the... Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. But not the... Um, not the know, wind part? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, because the last time we had the, we had the rain, I don't, can't remember the name of the hurricane, but we had the rain and the wind together, and all of the roots had already been rendered malleable from the rain we had prior to that, and it was a disaster. It looked like a war zone here mm -hmm. in Richmond with the trees down. I mean, you would go down a road, and you'd have to stop and turn around and find ways... Like it was like a maze to get out to yeah. Main Street. Yeah. Well, luckily, I think that the worst is, like I said, headed south. Not luckily, like I said, we're we're thinking of those in North Carolina and South Carolina. So, um, hoping yeah. everyone stays safe. Well, hopefully, all of them got out of there. Yep. Yep. So well, we have a few announcements before we get started. Um, the first being our Point and Figure Institute um, this fall here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, it's November seventh through the 9th. Um, and we ha it's at the Jefferson Hotel. Um, it's our kind of semi-annual um, institute that we have here. Um, the spring one is typically in Las Vegas, and this fall institute is here in Richmond. Um, and we have early bird pricing in effect through September 30th. Um, so if you have any questions on that or would like to get registered, um, you can always call our office. Or if you're logged into the site, you can go to our media and education tab. Um, and on the left-hand side, there is an upcoming events button um, where you can get all signed up. And we're going to do something different. Uh, we're going to add something to the Broker Institute this time. In the prospecting section, mm -hmm. a mock presentation that I'm going to do with someone who is a, who is a mock customer. Mm -hmm. But it will be how I would make a presentation to a customer on relative strength and take them through the beginning to how the dolly works probably in about five minutes. And... It's, it's easy to do, but we're going to do that. And also, my good friend, Ralph Akampura, is coming back. He'll be a guest speaker here. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Fantastic guy. He is uh, considered the grandfather of technical analysis or the godfather of technical analysis. He's been around this business longer than I have, and that's hard to do. That's hard to do. So, you know, we were talking about longevity here. And what it takes to go from the, the shallow end of the pool to the deep end of the pool, you know, and, and you're there. And it's taken you five years. It's not like you walk in here and you say, okay, you know, I understand. I read the book and now I'm going to be an analyst. No, five years now is where you begin to feel comfortable. Right. It's where you walk in here and you know what you're doing. Right. Not afraid to answer the phone right. <laughs> anymore. Um, or if I do answer the phone and I, you know, am... A little thrown off I can always ask for help but I agree that the just point and figure and momentum or anything that you're not used to doing on a regular basis it's going to take you a little while to get up the curve but I think that's why um, those, those institutes are so important um, you know for our clients to come and just kind of get a crash course and you know maybe put them a little bit ahead of the curve yeah actually it will because you know what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm looking to update my book uh, in a fifth edition, and I'm reading the fourth edition, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm getting so much out of it reading it. You know, it's really a lot of fun, and I got to the part where what does it take to become world class, 
And uh, Susan weighed in on that in the book and it said, you know, to become world class at this, it takes about 10 years and to view a million charts. Wow. Have you seen a million charts in five I years? Wish I wish I knew. That would be interesting yeah. to, to calculate that because that's about what it takes mm -hmm. to evaluate a million charts. Mm -hmm. And what she was talking about was back in the day when we updated uh, 2,500 charts by hand every day. And an interesting thing about that is, I mean, we would do 500 charts, one analyst, pass the book off to the next analyst the next day. So by the end of a five-day period, one week, you have seen all 2,500 charts. Once we went online around 1992 to 93, somewhere in there, we went online, our whole system was online. I couldn't take the books out of their hands. They didn't want to yeah. give those up because of what you see. So people, I think the best thing a person can do is take the Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30, and update them by mm -hmm. hand every day. Mm -hmm. I know that there are definitely still clients out there that update charts by hand. I've, oh. I went and visited with some earlier this year. I think Craig out there in Tennessee, he probably <laughs> updates 400 a day still. Yep. yep. But that's cool. He's got a great handle on his business. He's truly a craftsman. So where do we stand now? Um, you know, one of the cool things is go through here. I, you sent me a chart today on Nike. Tell me what you did. Uh, yeah, I sent you a chart on Nike. I've just, we've been getting a lot of calls on Nike um, just with, you know, uh, them being in the news recently. Um, I think there's been a lot of kind of chatter on the stock has fallen or, you know, it's, you know, fallen out of bed, whatever. But if you look at the chart, it's beautiful. And uh, there's, uh, for me, I personally, looking at the chart, there's only good things to say about it at this point. Um, it's formed a double top. It's one box away from um, an all-time high. And I think uh, maybe but six. But go back to the signal. bottom of the chart and look at it. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, when you understand point-and-figure charts mm -hmm. and you look at something like that, and you're five years into this, and you, looked at, you look at something like that, something triggers in your mind. It's almost like looking at a Picasso painting oh, yeah, or beautiful. a Rembrandt or something like that because we see these things and say, oh, my Lord. And the first thing that comes to my mind is probe trading mm -hmm. with that. Look at what could have happened and, and typically does with stocks. They will continue. Once you find in a well, stock finds an uptrend, it's broken through that bearish resistance line, it's in an uptrend. Things in motion tend to stay in motion until acted upon by an opposite force. And the probe trading is I want to start out with, let's just say, 100 <laughs> shares. And the next buy signal it gives you add 100 shares. The next buy signal you give 100. Add up the buy signals. Yeah, so there's up. been nine. So let's, let's okay, nine. Nine so if consecutive. You, We're one box away from the 10th consecutive buy signal. Okay, so if you started with 100 shares down at the bottom as it was beginning to break out from the bottom, you would be going long 1,000 shares now. Mm -hmm. You'd be long 1,000 shares. Mm -hmm. and, and moving your stops up to the first sell signal that happens. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a double bottom, triple bottom, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. The first sell season happens, the whole position is taken out. And the interesting part about the probe trading is that you would go back in. That's something we never did before with customers. It's very hard with a customer that you stop out of a position and, you know, and then say, oh, gee, it, it gave a buy signal, Mr. Jones, we should buy back in. He thinks you're a lunatic. But it's a program that, that you're doing, that you're not going to leave this stock as long as it's got that trend going. And, and each time it gives another buy signal, you leverage your position up. Not for everyone. Mostly it probably is for those of you who are listening to this that are professionals for your own account. But I want you to take a look at this chart of Nike. And what, what the chart of Nike says is there's no 
There's no controversy going on. It doesn't look at all those things. It doesn't look at anything. It doesn't read the news. Right. Never. It doesn't listen to CNBC. It doesn't listen to Talking Heads. It does what it does. I almost feel like this is a great, uh, almost like a magazine cover example, you know, where... You're a yeah. great idea. Yeah. More so, of he- you know, headline example. I'm not sure if there's been any magazine covers, but same, same I bet idea. there is. I bet there's something will come out in a magazine cover, and that would be perfect. Yeah. Good idea. So what else are we looking at? You wrote a few things down there. I want to go into the options section, but go ahead. Yeah, um, I just was talking earlier about emerging markets um, have officially, uh, using the EEM as a proxy or even looking at the um, VWO, um, emerging markets have entered um, what we call bear market territory, meaning they've fallen off of 20% of their mm-hmm. recent highs, um, which happened on the EEM January 26th. Um, so I think yesterday was down about 21% off of that high. Yeah. Um, just seeing, you know, significant weakness um, in areas like China. I think we were looking at China. Um, FXI gave its fourth consecutive RS sell signal on that chart where, um, you know, um, just telling us that right now there's just significant weakness um, within that fund. Yeah, when, and when you look at this chart, if you just covered up the name of the EEM and you looked at it, that's the most broad emerging market uh, ETF it couldn't look worse. I mean, it's broken that long-term trend line, and um, it's not something you want to try to find a bottom here. Right. Hasn't happened. Yep. When it does, I mean, if you look back on the EEM chart, you can go back to uh, 2015, and I mean, it lost uh, ground from 43, uh, ultimately to a low of, uh, let's see, come on, let's move this chart to 28. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a pretty good, pretty big hit, hit before it regrouped and began its uptrend again. Things will take time, so don't uh, don't try to jump in here and find and, and try to pick a bottom. Some of the ones that still look okay is if you look at our models. Um, if you look at the uh, Swedish model, still okay. These are the developed markets. The French model is okay. Um, what other one? And I'm and I'm long these. The uh, English model is okay. Some of the developed markets are okay. Emerging markets are really uh, in deep trouble. Mm-hmm. One of the ones, um, what's the e, what's the ETF of Indonesia? See. If I look at the Indonesian model um, that we have, we're up about eighty-eight percent this year, and that's the model. That's if you owned all five stocks in that model, and I do. I run I run that model at E Samuel in uh, in Indonesia, Jakarta, Indonesia. But there's um, an Indonesia ETF. And everyone out there sitting there yelling at me. They're yelling at yelling at to me right now. Um, it is E I D O. That's it. E I E I D O. Let's look at that. Um, e I D O and compare that to our model. And I love running the model because it just automatically happens. The E I D O emerging market. Te- same thing. You got the same picture as the E E M. And that's Indonesia. That usually holds up extremely well broken the trend line and whatnot. That's why you've got to be in the right stocks and being in that model. Look at that fund score. What What is it? 0.11. 0.1. Can't get much worse. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, let's let's look at what's in that, uh, in that Indonesian model. Because it's easy to trade as long as you have an account in Indonesia. Um, but let me get to it here. 
Do you have it offhand? I do. Enter day. Let's see what's in it. Yeah, let's see here. PT. I can't pronounce it. Can you? No. Nope. Don't need to. <laughs> don't need to pronounce it. Yep. CPIN is the symbol. Uh, Bayan Resources. B Y A N. I cannot pronounce the next one. E X C L. And I cannot pronounce the next one. SMCB, and I cannot pronounce the next one, PTBA. But you have the symbols, yep. and you have the, the models. And what happens is when you run a model, and you can do this with your overnight desk, you can say, Mr. Jones wants to run this uh, Indonesian model, do it through the overnight desk. Here's the stocks. You'll, you'll let them know when a change is made, and you just give them the symbol, and, mm -hmm. and it happens. Yep. I love it. I've been doing that for... I've been running our models there for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Going down, let's go down to the option page, which I, you know, I really enjoy here. And that's in the daily equity report. Yeah. I got to get back to that in the daily equity report. Tell me what you do with the options page. How do you go about putting that up? I personally do not do the options page, uh, but those are selected, um, hand selected by the analysts here. Um, there's a team. Yeah, because we have a covered we have a covered writing yeah. program that automatically will will provide the covered rights for you, right. which are interesting. Now, one of the call recommendations is PayPal Holdings. I love PayPal. Great looking chart, and it's a by the January 87.50 calls at 8.75. And here's the the play: if you if you have a customer that wants to do options. Never over leverage. That's the, that's the killer in options is over leverage. If you're normally a 100 share buyer, buy one call. If you're a 500 share buyer, buy five calls. And that's your risk there. And you want the underlying stock to be in an uptrend. You want all the things that we would do if you wanted to buy a stock and then buy the calls instead. And that can be very fruitful for you. Um, Follow-ups on United Continental Holdings. Raise the option stop loss to $21.95. So what we're saying here is, if you're raising the option stop loss, you start out with a stop point at which we're willing to take that risk to that point. But raising the stop loss means it's working out well. Mm -hmm. New recommendations in um, J.R. Smucker Company at 109 by the January 115 puts. Stock doesn't look good. So if you look at the chart, you touch that, uh, that symbol, the chart's going to come up. And I don't have to even know it yet, but when I look at that chart, it's gonna—it's not gonna look good. It's an ugly chart. Yeah, uh, I know. If it's, if we've got the puts on it, and it's not a bad idea to have puts in your portfolio too. Here you go. I mean, that—that that is a perfect example of a stock that should have puts. And I wonder why. When you think about today's economy, when everything is so strong, you look at travel, look at housing, household goods. Mm -hmm. We just looked at household goods as strong as can be. Smuckers, people should be buying that stuff. <coughs> Don't you think? You would think, but you know that's why we take the uh, the approach of looking at charts rather than what our gut feel is. Yeah, exactly. If you cover the name up, AJ Smucker, you would think that people would be buying more Smuckers. That's jam and stuff like that. I bought some for my hurricane prep. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, in your hurricane prep, did you get any beer? Of course. <laughs> We're in Richmond, Virginia. Of course, I got beer. <laughs> this is the beer town. So, what, uh, Sarah, what else did we want to talk about this morning? 
Um, I mentioned Apple has an announcement today. Um, yeah. Just like a iPhone new product announcement, which has been you know kind of widely talked about. So just anticipating that. I'm not sure when that happens, um, but well, I know it is sometime today. Apple hasn't given up at all. <laughs> you know, and all you read in the newspapers is Apple's. You know this, and Apple does. Their products are terrible anymore. Mm -hmm. We want to switch. Everyone I talk to says I don't want to have an Apple. Right. Somebody's doing something. Somebody's buying it. This thing looks fantastic. It's more than 100% overbought, but I don't see any change. I think what's in interesting, stuff. too, to note about this is, if recall how overbought this was, and we're now seeing that trading band adjust. Expand, yeah, that, because that is dynamic. Mm -hmm. As the stock continues to rise, it will follow it. Yep. Very, very interesting picture. So what, if, what are millennials buying today? What are millennials buying? Um... These are questions I like to ask because I'm not a millennial. <laughs> That's a uh, tricky question. Um, One of the things that you like, and I know because we, when Tommy was on here, is you want the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you go to a restaurant, you're not going to go. You're not going to go oh, to, right. Right. you know, a chain restaurant. Never. <laughs> Never. It, Never. Do, it doesn't matter what you pay. Mm -hmm. You want the experience. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would say, yeah, the chain restaurants are are. That's something I would never even Have consider, you been, and you know, just I think just I'm we're lucky that we live in a, a town with a lot of local <laughs> options. Um, well, do you know why? What do you know why we have so many restaurants in Richmond? We are, we are the restaurant capital of the world. Why? Because of the law. You can't come down here and open a bar. If you want a bar, you got to have a restaurant. Right, right. You have to sell forty percent food of the alcohol you. So, yeah. you want a bar? You gotta, gotta have a restaurant. Gotta have food and good food. Yeah, we have a lot of options because now, so you need to be the competitive. <laughs> yeah, the requirement is you have to have a certain percentage at forty percent entrees. Mm -hmm. You can't just sell French fries. That's why it's so cool here in Richmond. Have you been to the Little Nickel? I have not. Oh, you got to go there. <laughs> you're you're gonna love this place. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. There's a, a bunch of new places opening around me too. So, um, what are we buying though? I would say things like you know, everyone wants a nice TV or a. The Alexa or uh, anything that helps you with your everyday life, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I personally like my Amazon Alexa. I use that thing as a noise machine at night. Um, if I'm getting ready, I say, Alexa, what's the weather? <laughs> you know, helps me just with little things that I don't want to Google. So I think things like that's interesting. Things like that. That's interesting. The difference, the difference between you and me, mm -hmm. the difference in our ages is significant. I mean, I'm 70 years old, and I've got Alexa sitting right on my table where my computer is and whatnot, mm -hmm. kind of like my office. My wife has a beautiful office. Mm -hmm. Mine's in the kitchen. Yep. <laughs> and uh, But I never, ever use it. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting that everyone can use it for different things. Like I said, I've... I'll, you know, I hook my Spotify up to it. I don't know if you use Spotify for music. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So I have that hooked up. Like I said, the noise machine is my favorite. Well, how does, that, how does that work? I mean, just make noise? say, Alexa, play white noise. Oh, it can you know, do I that. Live in, yeah, I live in an apartment complex with a loft apartment, and it's a, you know, a historic building that they've renovated, and, you know, it's nice to not hear the city noise outside. So. Oh, that's I'll cool. <laughs> that's, I've got to try that. Yeah. Lots of different things um, to do there. But, yeah, I would say that uh, those are the kind of cool things. I mean, we've looked at the household goods. Um, 
stock model just a little while ago. We were looking at the stocks within it. Fantastic. I mean, iRobot, that's the vacuum, I believe, yeah. the vacuum that just, you know, the Roomba it, kind of yeah, thing. Roomba, touch yeah, Roomba, want to touch it. Is that iRobot? I think so. It's something, something like yeah. that. Um, I wish I had one, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we looked what at Helen of Troy, which is just, a you know, a bunch of other, like, smaller companies like Hydroflask and... Um, there was some like Honeywell stuff on there as well. So uh, Honeywell, a lot of stuff that yeah under Helen of Troy, there a, a line of their of Honeywell was under them. Um, but like I said, the Hydro Flask and just these gadgets and things again, things I think make well, your what's life a, what's easier. What's a Hydro Flask? Hydro Flask is are these water bottles that um, you can you put water into and they either stays super hot or super cold. Basically, it's insulated, um, but they're these tall skinny bottles. But, you, yeah. You know, I'm getting interested more and more. Not that I haven't been, but I mean, really interested in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And the, many of the stocks that come out now have great chart patterns. You've never heard the names before, mm-hmm. but that's because technology is really doing unbelievable things for the healthcare industry mm-hmm. in robotics and things like that that is hard to keep up with. I really want to make a concerted effort of keeping up with these mm-hmm. things, but I look at some of the names in um, the healthcare sector here. And if I, if I name them, I'm going to restrict them, aren't I? Yep. <laughs> then go into the healthcare sector and look at the stocks that are being held in that portfolio. All you have to do is go to a model page, go down to healthcare and take a look at them. And some of the names you may not have heard of before, but when you look at the products, it's going to really knock your socks mm-hmm. off what they do. Yep. Incredible. I was actually just listening to Katie Kirk speak the other day about just the advances in technology over the past 10 years and, you know, her involvement with cancer research and uh, the things I was hearing I had never heard of before. It's mind-blowing. So I think you're right in keeping up with that sector. I think it's really important, Um, and we're probably going to see advancements continue. Well, what what I'm doing now is I have a friend who's one of the greatest researchers in this business, and... We're coming up with ideas, technical, fundamental ideas. Fundamentals important. And then I have a friend of mine who is a cardiologist, one of the smartest guys I know, to be able to look over here and vet these stocks and say, you know what, here's a little thing that is going to work like crazy, Mm -hmm. and it's something that we do that people don't know about yet. Mm -hmm. We'll come up with some interesting ideas. Yeah. Sounds like playing the piano with both hands, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Sarah, I always enjoy doing this podcast with you. You're like my sidekick now. Thanks, TD. And uh, it's always fun to come in here with you. So thank you. And yep. And everyone in South and North Carolina, um, mm-hmm. stay safe, thinking of you. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Got it. See you then. Mm-hmm.